okay last year things got a bit out of hand I know that now but I'm better psych wards totally recommend meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's hall at the waterhole a cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll it's time to neighbors CJ Kate and Bea. let's get the neighbors hello this is neighbors we are the neighbors recap podcast on location we uh, recap episodes of the Aussie Soap Neighbours. Neighbours was on location this week in the Yarra Valley. So CJ and I thought, let's. Uh, what can we legally do to be in the same room? Well, we can't be in the same room. But in Victoria, we can gather in a group of two in a public place. And I've got Catherine Joe and CJ the Hot Mess Mum here with me beside a creek. Hello. Hello. And... This is radical, what we're doing right now. This reminds me, you know, this reminds me of when I recorded with Stephanie McIntosh in LA, opposite yeah. the Church of Scientology. I do look a lot like her. Yeah, describe our surrounds. This is, I guess, what people think Melbourne's like. Oh, yeah. And I guess I often think Melbourne's not like this, but it is. We've got a creek, a couple of gum trees, some friendly people. Yeah, people are exploring nature, like us. Mm. I'm surrounded by mosquitoes. Yeah. It's spring. Wasn't prepared for that. No. This whole year's gone about and we didn't really know about those things. No. no. So I'm, we're both standing to be uh, socially distant. Rollerblader just went past. Cool. Yeah. And he was on his phone. He was multitasking. Yeah. Hmm. He's having it all like we are. Yeah. And I've got baby Dr. Carl strapped to my person hmm. and he's having a little nap on his mum. And we've got our masks on. And they're providing an extra layer of filtration hmm. for the sound. Also, it does definitely feel like we're doing something wrong. Even if we're not. <laughs> um, but we're not. No. This is perfectly normal. <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> yeah. And he felt he fought asleep. Yeah. Well, not always, but <laughs> that's a miracle, Mum. <laughs> we'll see how long it lasts. You too. Thank you, see ya. We're gonna have some special guests, I think. Yeah. Our, my, my, our actual neighbours. There's a dog coming past that actually looks like Bossy. Bossy the dog. I'm gonna lose it. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's my favourite kind. <laughs> hey, Bossy. Bossy. <laughs> yeah. So it feels like we're doing the wrong thing, even though we're not. This is legally sanctioned. Except we can't have Kate here because that would take us over the limit of public gatherings. So we're going to do this experiment and we'll report back to Kate. So we're going to do a shallow dive. Yeah, shallow paddle, I like to say. I guess it's time for the business. The business, again. Oh, massive thank you and shout out to friend of the pod, Legal Eagle Beck, Rebecca Dahl. We'll hear from her later this episode. She gave us a little plug in an enormous Facebook group called... Chat 10 Looks 3, which is a podcast by two Aussie journos, Lee Sales and Annabelle Crabb, um, legends, if yeah, I must say. It's a huge following, not just on that Facebook group. Huge, right? Mm. Oh, yeah. Award-winning. Someone asked who enjoys a bit of Neighbours. Yeah, they just outwardly said it in public like that. And Beck jumped on and said, if you're going to talk about it in public, you need to come over here. Straight in there. Straight in there, recruiting for the council. So hello to our new members of the Neighbours Council. Avery, who... Had only just learnt about us and has joined the group. So, hello, Avery. I hope you're listening. And Lyndall. Fantastic. Patreon is still sitting at 91 <gasps> patrons, but I can feel it in my waters. We're going to crack 100 before 2020 is out. I mean, 
What a year. Yeah, we can only have a few good things at a time and that's yeah. going to be one of them. Yeah. yeah, that's part of the restrictions lifting. Just a good thing at a time. <laughs> oh, we've got some local council news actually, literal council news, CJ. Oh my God, we do. Somebody is running for council. Like actual real life council, not fictional council. Yeah, he is on our screens and he spent some time on stage and now in the government. Yeah, and he's been on this podcast, obviously. It's Jeff Payne. Jeffrey Payne. I don't know if you're a Jeffrey. You are to me. Um, I think that is exciting. So Vaya was sent his campaign letter. Yeah, by a friend of mine who lives in his jurisdiction. I don't know what, what's the right word there. Electorate. Local government area. LGA. Oh, yeah, LGA. Yeah, so he's running as an independent and he's um, an issues candidate. So he's focusing on the issues that he cares about and he's running in Eltham, which is a beautiful place of the world. Yeah, gorgeous. Which very few people would visit because it's not really a tourist destination, but it is lovely. Yeah, it's off the beaten track. There's a gorgeous, um, actually speaking of Ned, which we will, yeah. artist colony, like Monsalvat is I think where a lot of artists converge and create beautiful art. Yeah. And nearby there's a Montessori school that I would like to send my child to, but I can't drive there every day. But it's that kind of place, you know? If you know someone in that electorate, LGA, get them to get behind Ooh. Jeff Payne. So something we haven't mentioned, that it's magpie swooping season. Yes, I saw a swooping the other day when I was walking. And obviously now we're all connecting with our neighbours because yeah. we don't have anyone else to talk to. And this guy, a cyclist like Dr. Carl, hopped off his bike. I saw a magpie die for him. And he had a like an American or Canadian, North American accent. Oh, God. It must have been very confronting for him then. And he spots me and he just comes up and he goes, did you see that? I got swooped. <laughs> he was like more excited that he had an audience. <laughs> so if you were not from Australia and you were ever wondering why Carl has plastic ties on the top of his helmet, it is to avoid, a, avoid being swooped, which we may do. Get swooped mid-podcast. <laughs> Future Vaya dropping in to add another piece of council business, which is congratulations, Bonnie Anderson, 2020 winner of The Masked Singer. We picked it because that's the voice of our Bonnie. Our cracking performance. You're a star. And we'll go out to this episode on one of your numbers from the show as the Bushranger. This is business. It's not personal. Okay, so now. Neighbours is on location. Neighbours was on location. We'll get to that. First, I would love to deal with one of the most shocking episodes of television I've ever seen. And we are going to save the chat for Patreon. That way, if you want to opt out, you don't have to go and click on Patreon to hear it. But if, you, if you're a masochist and <laughs> you want to go through that pain, it'll be there for you. Because it was basically Chloe going through the trauma of losing her fetus, and then proceeding with the charade of a baby shower for the sake of her mother. Mm, and re-traumatising both her Huntington's diagnosis and her mother's Huntington's diagnosis. And re-traumatising us, me, the viewer, yeah, Hendo, who just bought matching. Uh, we'll get into it. Yeah. That'll be on Patreon. The fallout of that horrifying event, it all came out at that event, that what I was happy didn't happen last week happened. Yeah. In that they, they didn't blame Nicolette last week for being with Chloe on the walk. No. Um, but they did this week. <laughs> yeah, and, and aggressively. Yes, had a go. Yeah. And now Pierce is, I mean, he's not, I mean, somehow he's a billionaire, but he's not the smartest billionaire. But we've learnt lately in politics that you don't have to be that smart to be rich. 
So maybe Pierce is going to use this kind of action and his money to run for office soon. Oh. I mean, he's right on the money, isn't he? I enjoy that idea. So he had a massive go at Nicolette. He then goes and stews about it for a while and comes back and has another go because he finds out that Nicolette has feelings for his wife, not Chloe, his possession. Oh, yeah. And Hendrix, his son, points it out to him and immediately regrets it. Yeah. Like, oh, I shouldn't be saying this. Yeah. But hey, Dad, don't fly off the handle. And Hendrix calls him on it. He said, Dad, that's a bit he man. Yeah. I shouldn't let Nicolette get to me like that. Why do you? Well, she pushes my buttons, you know? She's always defying me when it comes to Chloe. You're sounding a bit caveman there, Dad. I'm not trying to be. It's just, I love Chloe, right? And I worry about her. It's like Hendrix knows that if he doesn't check himself, he'll wind up like his dad. Yeah, he does. So he's now recognising these behaviours. Luckily, Hendrix has Harlow, so she'll, she'll make an impact, yeah. So Nicolette gets the boot from the house. So she was already leaving the nursing position. She, luckily, another one's popped up at Erinsborough Hosp. Yeah. But she's packed up her bags, but she's not, she's not out on her ass. She's got somewhere to go. I don't think work cover would be too keen on somebody being kicked out of the house for having feelings for their boss. Oh, no. <laughs> How do you think? Because she's an employee. Yeah, but luckily she's moved in with the brother of the lady she's got feelings for. Yeah, and she made that move and I could hear you cheering from up the road because you wanted a young person house and she went into that house that wasn't that young and she's made it young and fun. You're right, actually. Kate wanted that, but I think Kate wanted it for the 19-year-olds. Yeah, she did. But I think in general it's nice to have her living there and David and Aaron being fun and less champ, champ, champy. Yeah, because Emmett pointed out that only one of them was the fun one. Yeah. But she's turned it into the fun house while they're away. Or they're – actually, sorry, they're, they're home, but they're not really home. Yeah, they're not shooting in the same hub. <laughs> no. Yeah, so <laughs> she's having pool parties in the backyard. Yeah. And she's developed a good friendship with Levi too. Out of thin air, but I'm it's, a, it's working for me. Yeah, well, because he hit on her and she said, I don't like men. Yeah. And that was a friendship born. Yeah. She's like, oh, well, he appreciates my assets. Yeah. Good enough for me. Yeah, they've got some things in common. And she's calling him out because he's given B the eye, which is the classic rom-com trope of pretend we're dating, girl likes boy, boy thinks girl has too much baggage. Gets balayage in Europe. Yeah. And suddenly he's like, oh, hang on. And she's like, she's over it. She's made peace with it. But he's like, well, no, hang on. I liked it when you were stroking my ego. So let's not forget that Levi is a keto exercise man. And she has spoken his love language. She has come on over and beaten him up. What are they doing? I don't know this sport. Um, I don't know. Oh, it's Krav Maga, isn't it? Phoebe did it in Friends. Did she? Yeah. No, I made that up. Um, No. Oh, no, it was How I Met Your Mother. I was about to say, was it How I Met Your Mother? Yep, yeah, same vibe. But um, it's a, it's a martial art. Now, this friendship with Levi has come at a good time because he needs his mates because he's stressing because he is waiting to hear about his medical evaluation so he can stay on the force, the police force, because it's out now that he's got epilepsy. So he has had to get re-evaluated. I mean, I know he wants to actually keep his job. It do, it's not just the pay packet because it sounds like to me that his boss changed his medication. So if anyone's going to be losing an income, it shouldn't be Levi. He should be put on a desk job. Shouldn't that have been what happens? He gets put on a desk job? Yeah, because he was freaking out like, I'm going to have to become a mall cop. (laughs) (laughs) He was going to check IDs. Yeah, it's like there are other things you can do, especially these days. 
<laughs> yeah, but he could be um, like there's many administrative jobs in the police force that he could do until his medication gets right, you know? He could be one of the COVID cops. <laughs> oh, gosh. Gosh, we're, we're looking out for them right now. <laughs> I know. Like if we had a third person, he could come and break out, up our party. Yeah, anyone that walks past, if they stay too long, that's it. <laughs> Can you, CJ, speak to the amazing work Sheila did this week for her grandson? Sheila was upset that Levi was upset. And Sheila is a problem solver. She doesn't sit and listen. She goes and does. She's a doer. Does. Whatever. She's a doer. So she firstly gets her materials together and holds a protest out the front of the Erinsborough police station. We should not discriminate. What is Sheila doing? You should not discriminate. You are disturbing the peace and quiet of our guests. That's the point, Bags. This is a protest. I need to stand my ground because nobody in there will speak to me. Oh, I wonder why. But these are Levi's colleagues, Sheila. Do you think he's going to be happier doing this? He'll be happy when I get them to give us the decision about his medical exam. Just on her, Pat Malone, one woman protest. Yeah, My friend Penny does a lot of activism for Extinction Rebellion, mm-hmm. the climate change activists, and they recently held protests socially distant protests. Hmm. It was amazing. Like there's a picture on the steps of Parliament House, Government House. There's like a few protesters socially distant standing and then they've put pairs of shoes to represent all the other people that couldn't be there. Oh, that is amazing. It's just a really striking image. Mm-hmm. She, it was the same as Sheila. She's like, look, there would be more people here. But there's not. There's just me right now. Yeah. I don't know who she was going to get to be the empty shoes though, to be honest. <laughs> it was a journey of her own. Yeah. It wasn't about... The rights of the police officers as a whole. Yeah. And she mentions to Therese at some point, you would do the same for your kids. Therese says, I would call the commissioner and I'd do a better job because I would go the right route. <laughs> so Sheila hears that and what she thinks is, nah. It was, it was a little hard. She was just ranting into a megaphone. I, I couldn't quite tell if her message was people with health conditions should still be allowed to be cops. She protests and nothing happens. I think she just wants them to hurry up. So just process the paperwork faster. Yeah, but uh, look, the larger issue is that Levo lied on his medical assessment to begin with. I actually don't think he would have got away with it because they do blood tests and all sorts of things. I don't, I don't think he would have been able to get away with this. Ultimately, it's not just a matter of him getting turfed off the force. Like when it turns out Clive Gibbons is the one that's administering the result. Which is very inappropriate. Because Levi's grandmother is his partner. Yeah, and they spend time together and he, even if he's an excellent doctor and he doesn't want to be um, biased, he is. But he gives his recommendations saying that as long as some restrictions are put in place, like Levi doesn't work a double shift, then he can go ahead. But Sheila's outraged and she, he's, she's left alone in Clive's office. Another dark day for Erinsborough Hospital. I wanted to ask you, if you wanted someone to change your medical records, now keeping in mind you have to have some pretty solid knowledge of minerals or at least some excellent working Google knowledge, who would you send in there to quickly change all of the numbers to the correct ones? Someone in Neighbours or someone in real life? Someone in the Neighbours world. I was going to say Kate. Yeah, Kate. Always Kate. I'd send Kate to do anything. I would ask Kate. I felt uh, Colette channeled Kate in that scene. Because one thing she did, now Clive's computer was facing the desk seat as a computer normally is. Which, by the way, that computer 100% would have gone on dull screen and password, the whole thing. But anyway. Especially after all the breaches they've had. Why would you have that open? Like, this is the hospital where Izzy broke into the 
the lab and took Carl's sperm. Like, everything's got to be locked down. Evil Mealsy when he worked there and he was, yeah. So, yeah, check out um, Red Bubble for another dark day in Erinsborough Hospital um, masks. <laughs> because yeah. Because it is another dark day. So Colette even goes to the extent where she turns the computer around to face her instead of getting up because they're wasted minutes. <laughs> because if she got up to go to the other side of the desk, he would have walked in on her when she was walking in the room. But to have the knowledge of what his potassium level should be. I don't. I have no idea how she found the file, like understood the folder system on the share drive, mm. understood what the results meant. I guess she understood the conditions because they were written in plain English. Mm. But it, I had the maths lady meme going in my head. I didn't know how she made head or tail of it. I mean, you'd have to bring up a report in front of you for a healthy person with the exact same parameters to know exactly what to do. So Sheila does her... Her work, and then um, immediately afterwards, Levi's given the all clear. And in that same scene, Clive is like, now this is really serious. Like if I'd give the wrong recommendation and someone's injured on the job, like people's lives are on the line. Yeah. And then guilt washes over Sheila. Yeah. Only after she's done the wrong thing. Yeah. And then Levi gets his clean bill and he's pretty pumped. He's had two whiskeys and Sheila sings. Almost immediately. She tries a bit to police, funnily enough, his movements and tries to tell people to watch how much he's drinking and watch how much he's working. But all his friends are like, uh. Yeah, he's had one drink. Let's not get weird, Nana. Yeah, so then you know, guilt takes over Sheila and she word vomits to Levi and Nicolette. Hey, I fudged your results. Everything's still cool, though. So, yeah, we'll see what plays out there next week. Oh, so we've moved locations and now there's cars. Bloody kids were frolicking in the creek yeah and also the mosquitoes were too much yeah can we talk about roadie yeah we can definitely talk about roadie she got fired last week because we talked about that this is rose the pa and now toady is he's dealing with the fact that he doesn't really want to dob on her but he has to because of his client privilege that somehow suddenly means something yeah now we've got we've asked um legal eagle to dial in about this so we'll we'll get to her thoughts later because i'm sure they're a lot more valid than anything i think because toady's now dug into rose's shonky husband and found that he is funneling funds into a shell company so that he can't give Rose money and says it's not illegal for him to do that. Yeah. Now, the minute I heard that, I thought, I I don't think that is not illegal. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that would be illegal. But anyway, we've asked legal legal to to clear that up. But um, Mackenzie basically shades poor Toadie and says, you know what? If I have to do law like you do law, I'm not doing it. Mackenzie is practically acting like she's made partner on that firm. Oh, she has because she's like, she's the mayor now and partner at the legal firm. Hasn't even finished school. It's Rebecca Hargrave's law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's so persnickety with Rose. Like Rose has nothing, literally nothing. She can't even buy herself a commiserative bottle of Blanc. Yeah, so Blanc, she was going to have, I reckon. So Rose is just hanging around Erinsborough, which is weird because I don't think she's from Erinsborough. No, because later when she's trying to find clients at the day spa, she's like, I don't know anyone else here. Yeah, so <laughs> go back to wherever you're from because you must know people. Like West Waratah. Yeah, but I'm thinking like maybe she's she's suffering, I think, from a form of economic abuse. or I think it's called financial abuse, actually. Sorry. So I guess... An abuser probably did cut off her whole community. True, yeah. So maybe she doesn't have anyone. And all those snooty, well-to-do friends are probably cutting her out as well. Yeah. 
I thought it was a little bit of a, like, Toadie has got his guard up because he doesn't want to f- fall for another emotionally abusive woman. Yeah, he's he's had enough. What a, isn't it a quite a manipulative move to order your wine at the bar where your mm. boss, f- former boss is sitting and immediately have your card declined in front of him? Also, how entitled? I'm 38, not getting divorced, no legal situation for me, but I check my bank account before I make every transaction. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't want it declined. And I would be so mortified. I'd be like, oh, I guess I'm not drinking wine tonight. I would run away. I guess I'm having tap water with my McDonald's meal. <laughs> yeah. My $2 snack pack yeah. or whatever it's called. <laughs> um, and so that's the thing. So, But she is so convinced. She said, oh, can you put it through again? Which does seem very manipulative to Toadie. She's like, oh, he didn't hear that. Could you put that through again? And the bartender was hamming it up a lot. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's your card. Yeah, I know, but I'm sure that it's really difficult for for bar people because they probably they probably this happens all the time. I'm sure. And Sheila would not have it. Oh no, Sheila. Would be, you know what? Sheila would probably send her and say, "Look, love, you take it." That's what probably <laughs> Sheila would do. But don't blame my F plus machine. Nah, it's mine and it's good. Um, like her grandson. But bleeding heart, Toadie decides. Okay, I'm not going to squeal to her ex about her snooping around on him because he is a shonk. However, and he's got he's got a new lawyer. He's handing over. Yeah, good. He's washing his hands of it. Except he can't leave this woman destitute. No. So he calls Therese and says, "Hey, I've just found out my paralegal is actually a cosmetologist." Which CJ you predicted? Did I? You were like, she's probably a skin therapist or something. Oh, there you go. Oh, I think that's a dermatologist. Dermatologist. Yeah. There you go. I don't think she's a dermatologist. <laughs> but anyway, um, she's a cosmetologist. She went to cosmetology school. Not for very long, I don't think. No, and, and I don't, she's not really in touch with the modern... Except I thought she was because she gave Mackenzie hella brows and that's very fashionable. Yeah, but she gave Toadie a red face. Which would be fine if it wasn't in pain for him. Like, that's not what he wanted. You know what? When I saw Toadie in pain, I suddenly thought, shit, he's going to go sterile again from this. <laughs> Through the pause. Yeah. What I love about Therese is that she'll just take in any... Um, sad case. Like she's, she tried to give Emmett's mum the cleaning job who was struggling with addiction. She just hears about this poor single mum that's got no income. Bring her in. Yeah, can't, can't see her kids. And she gets to do training at, at the day spa with no supervision. Like there's literally no one in that room. Yeah. Do they need techno music? <laughs> I like how we, we're talking about the most relaxing set on Neighbours, the day spa with like full traffic going past us. But also it was the most tense seen ever and that includes when Pierce and Nicolette were in there fighting over Chloe only a week back. Yeah. It was actually hilarious. So Rose locks the door when Therese comes to check on them. In the massage room. Therese asks what's going on and Rose's first thing is Toadie's naked. So even the ruse she establishes is inappropriate. It is because why would Toadie need to take off his clothes for his face mask? So she singes like, or she's supposed to have made Ma- Mackenzie's eyebrows tangerine. Welcome to Australia. <laughs> as a parrot. Um, Mackenzie's eyebrows looked fine. I don't know what the problem was. Yeah, I thought Mackenzie, Mackenzie looked great the whole time. And as she mentioned, the tangerine brought out her eyes. Mackenzie vacillates from being extremely supportive of Rose to then just not wanting a bar of her. Yeah, in fact, she's actually a teenage girl. She oscillates between awful and the best. But now Rose falls on her feet because she doesn't lose her job. 
Therese asks her to retrain. <laughs> also, Therese, you don't lose your job on Therese's watch. It's Paul's watch that you lose your job on. He'll come back from New York and he's like, who have you hired now? Paul doesn't even know she's employed. <laughs> um, so we close the week with Toadie saying, go after that guy's money. Yeah, I can't do it for you, but you've got to do some digging. Because her settlement comes through from her lawyer and it's like yeah. four cents and no child access. It's $2,000. I mean, that's what, like two and a half weeks rent? That's awful. It's heinous. Yeah. That, there's another dark day for whatever law firm she went to. Exactly. Let's divert to Beck and see what the actual situation yeah. should be like. Legal Eagle assessments. Hey, Neighbours fam. Legal Eagle Beck here. Oof. That's me taking a deep breath before I get into my uh, rant about Rose's divorce, Toadie and associated things. Uh, firstly, he wouldn't be able to cut off her accounts and leave her without any money. He's got a legal obligation to support her. And spoiler alert, Toadie, rather than getting her a job at uh, the local beauty salon, why don't you take her on as a client oh actually he can't do that because he acted for her husband okay i'll retract that maybe not entirely toady's fault but if she had a decent lawyer they would have got her some money um the second thing i'd written some notes while i was watching the episode and i wrote snaps to toady he realized when something was unethical and then i added to my notes oh no he didn't because he realized it was unethical not to tell his client and then decided oh, i've got the horn for this girl I'll uh, just not tell my client what happened. Finally, $2,000, no child support and nowhere to live is not an appropriate property settlement. The law in Australia says you have to get a settlement that's just and equitable. And unless all the assets her husband had was mm, $4,000, Rose ain't getting just $2,000. And the government says he has to pay child support. So... I'm very sorry, Rose, but your lawyers let you down. I wish she was me. And uh, I've said it once, I'll say it again. Kids aren't like Foxtel. You don't get more the more you pay. So it shouldn't impact you having your kids. Guys, I'm ropeable. I'm ropeable for Rose. I'm ropeable for the law. Keep safe and speak to you all soon. And now I think we need to get back over to the hive because there has been a grand return. I know. To not even Erinsborough, to the Yarra Valley. Yep. Of one... Scarlett Brady. Also, I've got to say, did you see the Mercedes that Scarlett has got herself in? Oh my God. Love. I am so proud of her. I would like that car. In fact, I'm willing to stab Neb for it. Take a deep breath, relax, and unwind with a relaxation treatment at the Lassiter's Day Spa. Let your worries leave your body and cleanse your mind as the tension of the day evaporates into the air. But hurry, you have to use your voucher before it expires and it's the only type of transaction we accept. Pause your day, cancel your responsibilities, drop everything and get down here or you'll never relax again. The Lassiter's Day Spa. Stress less. But put a rocket up ya. CJ, we're back at the Hive, connecting remotely. CJ, I am covered in mosquito bites from that bloody creek. Covered. Like, I have a second skin. Well, thank goodness you've come to the hive where you're going to get more bites. <laughs> I have been a misery guts for the last day or two. And I knew, like, I was well being swarmed. And I was like, whatever, I'll just walk around and the mosquitoes will fly away. I think 
I mean, look, I've never been big on the being bitten, but I think you just forget. It's like a summer thing, right? You just like you have amnesia for 12 months and then you're suddenly like, oh, this is this is what it's like to have warm weather. That's right. There's bugs. It's like drinking. Yeah. Which I haven't done in a very long time. But I remember, like, I forget, you know, you go, oh, I'll just have a few yeah. on the company tab. Yeah, it'll be all right. I don't need dinner before I drink. It's fine. <laughs> We will discuss the remaining items on the agenda, and they are crackers. Look, I wonder if they remembered the bug spray in the Yarra Valley at their lovely little staycation. Not really a staycation because they left town, but rural getaway. We have the awesome foursome of Ned, Yashvi, Coyle, and Roxy doing a little couples retreat. I really like them as a group. Yeah, even though they had tension because Roxy harboured the secret of Yashvi's dad's drug addiction. But they still managed to have a cool, chill time. You know what? Like, I did – I've had a go at Yashvi about that. But also, like, she's a victim. Uh, we've we've all got to the point on Ramsey Street where this is all Shane's fault. <laughs> so <laughs> nobody's taking it into account that he had has an illness. No. Nah. This is his fault. So, you know, and his daughter probably feels the same way. Although there was one person who had time for Shane this week because she bailed on the world's most depressing party, Susan Kennedy, and was like, oh, Shane's here and no one's talking to him about his problems. I'll be that person. Could you imagine thinking I'll pop round to the guy that's detoxing off drugs because that'll be more fun than this baby shower? Ah, wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, she was right. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, her judgment's come back, Suze. Yeah. Suze was beautiful in that scene. I was so glad that she went around to see him. So um, I don't even know why they did this getaway, by the way. Because Ned, Ned is selling his soul on the internet to pay for his catering for his art exhibit. Yeah. But he still has cash in the tin left to treat his lady to a nice time. Yeah. Yeah, apparently. No, this is from his big whatever he did last week, this um huge paycheck he got. Remember the life-changing amount of money? Oh, yeah. Um, But also I don't really know why they had to go on location because Scarlett could have just hunted him down in Erinsborough. She could have, but she loves she loves a getaway. That's Remember that's where she tried to stab him. Well, she did stab him. She loves drama. And this, the getaway, I guess, makes it a whole event, doesn't it? This is also the big reveal, by the way, mm. that his stalker fan is Scarborough, as we forecast because the casting news came out. Yes. And also, I guessed. Yes. Siege Stradamus picked it before anyone. But no one, I, I feel that because I wasn't public, now it just sounds unbelievable that I guessed it. Um, no, people have to take us at good on good faith. That's true. That's true. So... Ned and Yashvi head up to the winery early or to the, you know, getaway weekend. Yeah, it's apparently it's, I think it's the Mount View Estate in Yarra Junction. Lovely. So maybe it was Sponcon. Maybe that's why they had to do the storyline here. Maybe. I mean, maybe they just wanted to film in regional Victoria because the guidelines were better there. I don't know. Um, it's gorgeous, this property. Um, it was lo- the property was lovely. The scenes, um, Yashvi and Roxy go on a wander around town. 
that's lovely. Even the scenes where, you know, we should be afraid for Ned's life are lovely. Yeah, just like when she they ran through the hedge maze. It's beautiful scenes. So they head up early and Ned receives a text saying like, oh, you're at a nice little B&B, are you? <laughs> and he's like, what? The call is coming from inside the house. Because that's the problem when you don't lock down your privacy settings and then you pretend to be a Canadian backpacker is that your stalker can see through your bullshit. And particularly when she pointed out that he, he's got identifiable tattoos that he left in shot yeah. of whatever weirdo video she wanted. I, I'm, I'm, I'd love to know what Scarlett's little kink was that she got him to do that last time. She's very appreciative of his work. Yeah, she just really loves him as an artist, which mm. I find a stretch. He must realise that that's a stretch, right? <laughs> I'm not that good, hun. I'm not that good. <laughs> he knows it's about his body. <laughs> it's that old adage, I never want to be part of a club that has me as a member. <laughs> yes. And, I mean, the Sonia mur- mural, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know if Scarlett knows about Look, that. his art now is the difficult second album. Like, he had a glorious debut with the... Sonia Mural, and now he's got to back it up. Mm. Well, maybe that's what he did. He backed it up for the video. (laughs) (laughs) And Ned does not tell his police officer girlfriend that the attacker of both of them, because she went after Yashvi as well, is on the premises wanting um, a portrait painted. She wants a commission in person for her new billionaire husband. How many billionaires are floating around? I don't know. He's rich. He's rich and old which mm. I'm sure is Scarlett's bag. Except for Ned. Ned's her contemporary. Oh, yeah, but I'm sure – because remember Scarlett, when we knew her, when she lived in um, Ramsey Street, she was never shy of money. Like, she had always had money. Yes, because she has this, I assume, inheritance from this tragedy mm. in her upbringing, in her youth, because her whole family was taken out in a fire or a crash or something. Or by Scarlett. No, it wasn't by Scarlett. She lived through trauma and then it never, no one ever helped her through it. And now she's a disturbed woman and the psych ward didn't work apparently. Roxy's assessment is the psych ward didn't work. Yeah, she wants to go find that psych ward and tell them off, she, she mentions. <laughs> I, lo- I actually love, oh, my God, there was an excellent scene. So speaking of Roxy, she arrives after Ned has gone and seen Scarborough. Um, who, by the way, was wearing the best outfit in the world. Yes, please describe it. So she kind of was wearing like white active wear with sort of this long 80s um, jacket, like suit jacket, like Hillary kind of jacket, but it was pink, very scarlet to wear a pink jacket. But it had short sleeves. So her long sleeves of her like roll neck active wear, I, I can only imagine it was like a biking outfit underneath. Maybe, I don't I do not understand, but also remember when she was on the show, she always wore like nutso outfits. Yeah, because, and I think because it was spoke to the fact that she was very childish and um, because she had this tragedy in her youth, she still dresses like a teenage girl. Yeah. And she, so she kind of dressed like Xanth, they used Xanthony's wardrobe, but Xanthi came to the show when she was a teenage girl. Yeah. And having, because friend of the pod, she's been on our pod. She's been yes. in your house. <laughs> ha- Halloween 2019. Yeah. So we ha- we watched her on television stabbing someone and then she came to your house. <laughs> yeah. She's like, hi. <laughs> and she's so lovely and awesome. And we are 
I'm super glad that she is pregnant. And also I'm one silver lining of isolation life has been her videos that she puts up. Oh, she's so funny. She's so, so funny. So funny. Because she's on an Australian sketch comedy show called Mad as Hell mm. at the same time that she was doing Neighbours. And actually, funnily enough, before the press release went out that Christy was returning to the show, one of my friends who works on Mad as Hell accidentally spilled to me that she was back on the set of Neighbours. And I kept it zipped until that media release went out. So I knew weeks before the news came out because my friend just went, oh, yeah, um, and Christy was doing this scene. Um, oh, no, she wasn't there that day. She was uh, – I think she was at Neighbours. And I just went, excuse me. She's like, oh, shit. <laughs> so, you know, my first thought, knowing that information, was that oh, she made up that Neighbours thing to her job because she was going to get a scan – Oh. And she didn't want to tell them. Genius. But then it was true. It was true, yep. Um, love having this diva back because she's high camp. It's Nanny Alice but a different spin, you know. That's what I was thinking. It's it, these having these villainous characters who, look, we could spend hours delving into, you know, feminism about it or we could just say thank you. Thank you for giving us a villain. We needed that. Just let it wash all over us. And we're going to sympathise with her. Mm. Just like, you know, Heather had an abusive background and was abused herself. We can go beyond the surface and we can have empathy. So what does she want from Ned? Clear this up. A a painting of herself? I don't know in what context. For her husband or for her fiancé. And Ned, i got to say, has an amazing reaction. Like, he has full PTSD. People are wielding knives, cheese knives and dessert <laughs> spoons and stuff. And he's just gone over the edge. And I love it. I love how earnest he is ab- about this cartoon villain back in his life. I, yeah, I thought it was, like, actually hilarious the way he was like. <laughs> yeah. It's like he's suddenly in a Hitchcock film. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> And Yashvi's like, dude, you better get to a psychologist. Yeah. Like, there's something wrong with you. You're seeing people. And also to Yashvi, she's like, oh, the anniversary's coming up, but also you shouldn't be thinking like this. Like, this is all done now. Mm. So Yashvi, I think, don't forget, she's the best um, detective Aaron's has ever seen. So yeah. she's going to nab on before he tells her, I'm sure. Of course. And she's not never going to find out. So he's only making it worse by layering on the lies. Very, very true. (sighs) So Roxy goes to see Scarlett and she really holds her own with the psycho, which I thought was excellent. Yeah, I love that the boys are scared. Like Kyle and Ned are scared, but Roxy's like, let me at her. Come on. And my my favourite scene of the week is Roxy comes back to talk to Ned about it and Ned is with Yashvi. And she says, Ned, can I borrow you? Steam was good, but I got a rash. What's that got to do with Ned? I just need to have a quick checkup between family. I don't want to look at your rash. I don't have a rash, you doofus. I need to talk to you. So they did have a bug situation over there. <laughs> I reckon Roxy's covered in calamine lotion like I am right now. Yeah, and apparently she needed her cousin to apply it, yeah. not her boyfriend. <laughs> and maybe that's the kink on a fan dangle. <laughs> You've got it. So there's more to come. Now she's back in our lives and what I need to also quickly talk about because it was just glorious. It was a ceramic doomsday prepper 
storyline situation. Carl Kennedy and Jane plain super brain. I forgot her last name, Harris. Um, are housemates now. And they've sometimes you've just got to connect with your housemate on some obscure shit. Like you can't you don't always get along. You don't always like the same TV shows. Hmm. But they've come together in their love of couponing, bargain shopping. And don't forget hoarding. Oh which is a touchy topic right now in during mm. COVID nineteen era. I love because whoever wrote that scene, they were able to, because they would have been writing this when we were living under the rain of not being able to buy toilet paper. Yeah. And they were able to think forward months in advance and realise we're going to be able to laugh at ourselves about this. And they put it out there and it was hilarious. (laughs) Let's list a few of the products Carl has been storing under the house with the help of Jane. Mm -hmm. Maggi noodles or two-minute noodles. Lots of them. Lots of the goods were from Aldi, so it is a real pity that Kate is not here because she would know all of those products because she loves she loves an Aldi swaps. Yeah, the Aldi tuna. You remember um, Madeline West had the um, the Aldi brand um, biscuits <laughs> in the in the present. Um, so they had the confidence toilet paper, which I must say is yeah. very good. <laughs> that does take me right back to the toilet paper shortage because hmm. I was at I was at Aldi to buy a Robovac. Breno, Breno Bot, we called him, and everyone else was around me just in line for the toilet paper. So mm. we also had um, he bought envelopes. Yeah, I believe it's five thousand. He got. Yeah, he's just going to do some thank you note writing and slippers. Yes, uh, the the ones you get in a hotel. He could have just got them for free when Chloe was throwing them out last week, but whatever. Oh, I wonder if he did. Maybe he went to like the overstock place that she ended up sell- like. Oh yeah, they ended up throwing them away too. Didn't they give them to charity actually? Yeah. And he and Jane have to do a stock take, and Susan comes home at school holidays, and she just wants to do a puzzle. Another great throwback to three months ago when we we were all yeah. doing puzzles and there were no jigsaw puzzles available online. It's. It's like it was written in hindsight, but I know that it wasn't. No. It's excellent. And Suze was really excited because there was a lot of sky in this puzzle. So she was just really ready to crack into it. And, and again, it was Jane's puzzle. So she's finding a shared interest with her new housemate. I actually love them living together. Isn't it kind of perfect? It's beautiful. Yeah. Although I wonder because Nicolette obviously got turfed out. Um, so maybe they'll move in together. But Nicolette's now entrenched in the Brunaca den. That's true. But how long can that last? Because they're, they're about to have a baby. We found out that this week too. <sighs> I'm angry that they don't want to foster anymore. Just because you throw one kid off a roof doesn't mean you can't improve. Um, That was actually mentioned in one of their car scenes. Yes, yes. <laughs> I felt like that was for us. <laughs> that was the weirdest light relief during a tragedy earlier in this week where those two were just schlepping the Costco oversized teddy bear around in the car like it was their own next son. And, like, the thing about that Costco teddy bear is that no one buys that for themselves because they don't want it in their home. Mm. And they, David and Aaron, now have that bear mm. in their home, which is, you know, a devastating – you look over at that bear <laughs> and they're always going to know what the hell <laughs> They're going to have to do something with that bear. Take it wherever they took Tyler's funky chair. Yeah, actually, that oh, I don't know where that is. They, they should take it there. So Susan's like, get rid of all this crap. I will not have it under my roof. Oh, look, there's a thousand envelopes. What are we going to do with those? Oh, well, I read somewhere that snail mail's making a comeback. Put it all back where it came from. Oh. We just need a, a moment to sort through it all. Yeah. That's fine. You have until the end of the day. 
and tells them off like they're in the principal's office. And then they have to hide it into every available nook and cranny in the Ken Den. And they've got it everywhere. So um, Susan comes back in and there's, I think it was two-minute noodles on the floor, was it? I have a can of tuna. Oh, a can of tuna. I think he was putting two-minute noodles into his guitar case. Oh. <laughs> Which, I mean, the exciting news is he's not going to get the guitar out for a while. <laughs> <laughs> what a beautiful, almost like a mini play. Yeah, it was. Just a three-person, it's like a Jean-Paul Sartre on a Friday night. Yeah, it's like someone sat down and went, oh, we need a ceramic pig. And then they just went and got, like, the perfect one, and it was wonderful. Yeah, and we've got three of our nation's best TV actors. Let's go to town. Yeah, and why not? And I love that Susan's addressing her need for, like, you know, wellness time and some self-care. How great's that? About time. She's learned. She's seen what can happen when you don't take time out because she's just come from Shane's. Mm, Yeah, and the rest of her life. Now, I'm starting to itch again, so I need to go reapply some cream. <laughs> um, <laughs> we uh, need to do Citizen or Citizen. Yes. Yes, please. I am going to go Citizen to Susan Kennedy for attending the scene, the scene, the home of Shane Rebecca and holding his hand through this. I'm going to do Citizen, just a classic Citizen to Sheila. Just Erinsborough Hospital has enough on its plate without you meddling with patient data on your boyfriend's computer. I mean, you've never spoke a clearer truth, Vaipashas. <laughs> Just our healthcare system is under a lot of duress right now and they don't need this from Sheila Canning. No. I mean, the chief of the hospital needs to be counting the ventilators, not <laughs> worrying about the girlfriend, you know? Yeah. So, okay, that was us in, in two parts. Um, I'm, we're never going to podcast from a creek again, but we might out, go outdoors in a different place. Yeah, let's go outdoors. It's, no, it was wonderful. I mean, look, I know that I don't have lived experience of all of the bites, but, um, <laughs> but you know, we, we can do it. We can do it. We'll find somewhere where there's no, you know, water. <laughs> it was pleasant. We'll get Kate onto it. She's the geography buff. And we'll chat to her next week and you can chat to us on facebook.com slash neighbourspod and join the Neighbours Council. And thanks to Beck for the voice memo as well. CJ? I'm CJ the Hot Mess Mom on Instagram and TikTok. I'm Vase on Instagram. We're Neighbours Pod on Twitter and we'll chat next week. Bye. Bye. I don't want to be without you